Job chapter 33, verses 14 through 18. For God does speak, now one way, now another, though man may not perceive it. In a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls on men as they slumber in their beds, he may speak in their ears and terrify them with warnings, to turn man from wrongdoing and keep him from pride, to preserve his soul from the pit, his life from perishing by the sword. I'm pretty fascinated by this idea. God, uh, he may speak in their hearts and terrify them with warnings. It's like, wait, really? Could God give someone a dream that terrifies them? That doesn't seem like God. But here's why I'm fascinated by this. What I have learned in adulthood about spirituality or about uh, faith with God is that there is a spiritual realm and that spiritual realm includes the kingdom of darkness. And sometimes God allows through dreams and visions or experiences, sometimes God pulls back that filter just a little bit and lets us see through the veil, through the filter into what's going on in the kingdom of darkness. I've had a couple experiences like this, never really before moving to Stanwich Church when God showed me behind the filters a couple of times, especially early on. But I've seen it, and, and it's it's what it says here in Job. It's terrifying when you get to see when God, through his sovereign hand, allows you to see past the filters. It is terrifying. Now, why, why would he do that then? Why would he allow someone to look there and see that? Well, look what it says here, to terrify them with warnings, to turn man from wrongdoing and keep him from pride, to preserve his soul from the pit, his life from perishing by the sword. It's given, it's done in love to the person who's following Christ. If you have a a vision or a dream where you see demons or the spiritual realm, the kingdom of darkness, and you wake up and you say, oh my goodness, that was terrifying. Okay. God allowed that for some reason. Why did God allow that? And, And the idea right then in that moment is don't keep focusing then on what you saw, because that will lead you very astray. Instead, focus on God, focus on Christ. Say, okay, Lord, bring me back to your comfort, bring me back to your truth, and teach me what you wanted to to teach me there by showing me that. And sometimes as a pastor, I've learned that when he'll also have a terrifying dream or something, and it'll be something terrible happening to the church or to the flock or something, instead of saying, oh no, it's a sign, it's about to happen. No, I say, okay, Lord, did you show me that? Because that's what could happen if we stray from your word. Yes, I think that's why you showed me that. Did you show me that? Because that's what could happen if we stop praying and seeking you first. Yes, thank you, Lord, for showing me the dangers of not following you and seeking you. So that's what I try to do whenever I have one of those dreams. I say, Lord, what are you showing? Why did you show me that? What are you teaching me? And I'm drawn closer to him. Uh, Next year, you and I are going to have an opportunity to talk about Jesus every day. Uh, because that's Mm -hmm. what getting to know Jesus, uh, is all about. Um, but while you were talking, I was kind of wondering what the world looks like. And is there any evidence of that in our current times that looks like without Jesus Christ, Mm -hmm. without the four gospels, without the letters of Paul, um, it just that hmm. whole period of the Roman Empire and um, Jerusalem under kind of uh, their thumb, and 
I, I talked about this before, but one of my questions about uh, Winston Churchill's uh, history of the English-speaking peoples, a, a series of six um, volumes that he wrote, is that there's a big absence of God in it. It's 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 the genius of the English speaking people that actually is is his hero, and God does not play. It's a, it, it, I mean, Winston Churchill is one of the great geniuses of our time, but he was also quite secular. His his religion was very mm. formal. Uh, I don't think it had a lot to do with decisions he made. Um, he was just an extraordinary man, but I, I, you know, the world in part was already showing what it's all about without Christ in the Soviet union, in Nazi Germany, in other places. It's frightening actually. Which is very true, Eric. It is when he lets us see behind that, that veil, uh, but it leads us to a place of hope, actually, because there will be a day when all is revealed. All is revealed. That's what apocalypse means. It means peeling back the light, you know, peeling back the veil. Revelation, when we'll be able to see it all in context, and we will see all that evil in its full extent. But more than that, we will see the victory of God in Christ, bringing all of history to a culmination point that uh, uh, surrounds his throne with praise and with worship. So those little glimpses we get now into both the heavenly and the, the kingdom of darkness realms, they're just little glimpses into what we know. We know how the story ends and soon and someday we will see it all revealed. Yeah. I would just add on top of that uh, is the, uh, the whole, whole aspect of story and one's life. Um very recently mm. during COVID I came up, uh, this came from Oswald Chambers, but I thought it was God's urgent purpose. And then it doesn't end with that. It ends for you. I think that hope is mm. in a way becoming part of the story. Hope comes through the story. And that happened to me uh, on those uh, dark days in uh, April and May. It was springtime, but everybody was kind of separated from everybody else. And I just finished the podcast uh, for, uh, that I, I was working on that year. And I said, well, did God intend me to bury this just to have it in a few books that nobody reads mm. and, and a few podcasts? And is that my purpose? Uh, that's depressing. But then I, I saw that actually it, it lifted me up tremendously, the hope you're talking about when I said, well, maybe there's a way of sharing all of this work that has been done with other people to help them. Mm -hmm. And I, I, you know, I, I, I saw in my own life, God's purpose for my life. It didn't come from my inventing it. It came from the beginning. Go read Psalm 139, you know, or uh, he knew me before I was born. Is that 139 or is it uh, 51? It's 51. But it, all over the Bible, you're known by God before you were born. And attached to your name is an urgent purpose. And you can abandon it. You have the freedom to step away from it. 
but I fell into it and it changed my whole understanding of hope. 